Hello, and welcome to the Rothwell Center for Teaching and Learning Excellence podcast. Our mission here at RCTLE is to empower faculty members in their pursuits of professional growth through diverse offerings for the universal goal of student success. Each episode will offer insight into best teaching practices, new resources, and interesting people here at Embry-Riddle Worldwide. We hope you will find our show to be helpful and enlightening. Happy listening! Today we are joined by Dr. Felix Brito, the Executive Director for Instructional Design and Development here at Embry-Riddle Worldwide. In this position, he leads multiple teams of instructional designers, instructional technologists, and media producers who collaborate with Embry-Riddle faculty members in the design and development of the university's online courses. Dr. Brito is also an Embry-Riddle alumni and a faculty member who teaches aviation and aerospace courses. Please enjoy Dr. Felix Brito. So can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up with Embry-Riddle Worldwide? Sure. I am originally from Brazil. I worked at the at a, an airline in Brazil before and ticketing and, and ground operations while I was still in college. And then I moved to Dubai where I worked for Emirates, which is a Dubai-based airline, UAE-based airline, um, in, in flight services. And while this was all happening, I was looking for a, a master's program because I wanted to continue my education. And I found Embry-Riddle and I applied for it and got a scholarship. Well, got accepted for the Master's of Science in Aeronautics, but also got a scholarship. And that's when I moved from Dubai to the US. And then I worked as a graduate assistant here at Worldwide, initially with um, with the Academic Affairs Department. And then I moved to uh, the Instructional Design Department because my specialization was in education technology. And I started off as an instructional designer and made my way through the ranks. And I'm here working today as an executive director for the instructional design and development team. And it's been a wonderful experience, very enlightening, I'd say. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't realize that you were an alumni. I am. Proud to be. That give, yes, of course. That gives you a lot of different perspectives. You know, the student perspective, working as staff, but also you're a faculty member here as well. Yeah, I have, I feel like, I feel fortunate enough to have exactly what you're saying, like different perspectives. I have the perspective of the student, of the instructor, of the designer, and of the manager of the designer uh, building those online courses. So moving into our next question, how does your role as a faculty member inform your role as the executive director of IDD? I think it widens my perspective. I wish that every single instructional designer here also had the possibility of teaching as well, because you get that it's almost like getting the receiving end, given that the, the true receiving end is the student, but also when you think from the instructional design perspective, at least within our context, the instructor is also uh, a customer for us. So we we design those courses, we go through the, the whole process and motion of creating those online courses and maintaining them, but only from a limited mindset, from a limited perspective. So we only see like this much, and then when you teach them, you get to teach them, you see how those, the overarching learning strategy behind it and, and the learning activities also pan out, how they, how students receive them, how the entire ecosystem within the course develops itself. And that's a really uh, enlightening perspective to have. I like your use of the term ecosystem, you know, the whole ecosystem, the whole process, because I feel like the instructional design team does so much. You guys are there from just like 
even the conception of a new course idea and you're taking it all the way through until that course is live and then you're you know you have your hands on it during after so can you just give us an overview as best as you can about what goes into that course design process sure a lot yeah our answer is a lot there are a lot of uh tasks subtasks um processes and procedures that they were built over time all to begin with all our processes and procedures are rooted on standards industry standards and, and empiricism on research that has been done on course design and rubrics that we use that we follow so everything starts with the kickoff town hall like the course development process starts with the kickoff town hall where the director of instructional design and instructional design go through the entire process with the course developer they explain what the process is like we follow a specific model called backward design where everything starts with the learning outcomes and goes on to the assessments and then to the learning activities and, and instructional materials we go through the resources available to the course developers a timeline the role that we play and then it moves on like a week usually a week later, the course developer and instructional designer go over the design meeting and they review the course design worksheet, which is a seminal document that we use to map out the entire course. And then from then on, after it's reviewed and approved by, by the college and by us, they start building the modules. And it's a, f a fairly iterative process because it starts with modules one, two, three. And once we have that much content ready in the course template, it's reviewed by us, by the, usually by the senior designer and by uh, the supervisor of the course developer. It could be a discipline chair, a department chair, uh, depending. It varies from college to college. Then they continue on building the course until the course is entirely built within the production template. And then it goes to another, the final round of reviews by all these individuals again. And while this is all happening, depending on the context of uh, the course, there are ancillary process, ancillary yet very important processes as well, such as media production. It's been a few years now that we've tried to, to leverage the wealth of knowledge that our course developers have, both professional and academic, and channel that into content for our students and brutal original content. And that's why the media production, now called Multimedia Services Team, was assembled, is to work with the course developers and instructional designers harnessing that content than expertise from the course developers and transforming that into multimedia assets. It could be a presentation, it could be a video, it could be an interactive presentation, infographics, so on and so forth. So the team has been working very diligently with the instructional designers and the course developers creating those assets that become that make us unique, that gives the students a unique learning experience. One ancillary um, um, process. There's also one that we work very closely with the academic technology team on the Canvas uh, to review process in case whenever a course developer decides to adopt a learning technology or a technology as a learning tool within our courses, we make sure uh, Carrie Hansard's team does a wonderful job going through the entire tool itself or resource, making sure that's uh, safe or secure as well, scalable, so we can adopt that in our courses. And then we will work very closely also with the Hunt Library with the adoption of um, resources that are available through their databases and also open education resources. We work with publishers. So there's a lot of uh, processes that support the main process of course creation. Creation, And then once that's done, we copy that into the master shell. And from there, the sections are created. Sometimes we have courses with one section. Sometimes we have courses with 20 sections and there is a lot. Yes, it is a very long process. And I feel like 
your team does such a good job attending to the details. I just feel like you guys play such a big role in why Embry Riddle Worldwide gets a lot of the accolades that we get because you guys are at the forefront of helping us create these world class courses with great content that holds up in the industry. And it's really interesting to hear, you know, how that just starts from, you know, this design kickoff meeting where everyone's kind of throwing their ideas on the table. And we've had the privilege of attending some of those kickoff meetings and listening to the feedback from the instructors and how you guys really move and adapt based on the feedback that you've gotten from the students and just making sure the experience is smooth and as effortless as possible once the course has been published. This year, RCTLE is really focusing on the five C's, um, which I've mentioned this multiple times this year, but connection, consistency, content, community, and compassion. And this quarter, we're really trying to focus on consistency. And because, well, for many different reasons, but because we have templated courses and because we work, you guys work really closely with content experts and very methodical about planning out all of this content. I feel like IDD has and plays a big role in managing a lot of the consistency that's going on um, within these courses. So how do our existing processes support consistency for faculty and students? The processes that we have today, they were established for the primary reason of promoting consistency. Uh, We are a distributed model with students taking courses from all over the world and instructors delivering those courses from all perspectives. But we want to make sure that regardless of where those uh, stakeholders are located, the content, the course is delivered to a certain level of quality. And that translates into that requires really uh, consistency from the get-go, meaning from the moment that the courses are created. So we within each one of our courses there are what we call boilerplate items there are items that are necessary to exist within those courses within the ecosystem and because they are inherent to the university they're inherent to the college and students have to to um, be aware of them have to engage with them regardless of the program that they are in enrolled and then uh, we have also standards that support that consistency. For instance, web design standards. We want to make sure that our courses have the same look and feel, that the navigation of our courses follow a similar standard because that requires less cognition from our students as they are navigating. Can you imagine if if a student normally takes two courses or like per term, and if each one of them was completely different from the other, and the students would have to learn every single time how to navigate each course, that aspect of our courses we have to remember that we have a brand. Ember Riddle is brand. Does have a has left a mark on everyone in the industry, particularly. We want to make sure that we represent represent it well. That the name and the eagle are there, regardless of what course the students are taking. And by ego, I mean not necessarily just ego itself. I mean I'm talking about the brand behind Ember Riddle. I think that's how I see the processes supporting consistency within our courses. So I think that really does kind of segue kind of into the next question, and maybe that kind of answers the next question a little bit too. Uh, But here at Every Riddle Worldwide, as you mentioned, we do use templated courses, which means that all instructors are teaching the same exact content that was designed during that course design process. Um, So from your perspective, what is the benefit of using that course template? 
that goes back to the, what I mentioned a few minutes ago. The quality it ensures a quality, a certain level of quality, the delivery of our courses. That's not to discredit the work of instructors. In fact, we rely a lot on the instructors to enhance what we create. Designing a templated courses and delivering templated courses, they are not mutually exclusive terms. You can design a course and use the delivery to enhance it. It's not like in a, we need to move away. We need to divorce ourselves from the idea that because I teach an online course, a templated online course that I cannot do anything with it. You can, you certainly can. In fact, you're encouraged to do so. There are several avenues within the course that you can add your flair, your own flair, or add or share your expertise aside from what the course developer has created and the instructional designer. Announcements, feedback within the grading system, in the discussion forums, whether it's an online office, the student lounge, or the, the created templated discussion forums, videos, uh, learning technologies that you can use within our course to enhance the learning experience. So the, the template approach really is just to provide the instructor with the baseline, the springboard, if you will, from which they can deliver their courses. So it's really up to the instructor to decide whether they want to, they want to deliver as intended which is completely acceptable and fine. They want to add more to it, but never reduce, because then that will be for the detriment of the student. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what you said, designing a templated course and delivering a templated course are not mutually exclusive. I think that's a really wonderful way to look at it because yes, the material within the course, the content within the course is the same from section to section, but the way one instructor is going to deliver that content versus another could be very different just based off of their own field experience and what they have gone through and want to share with their students in their lives. Um, what types of announcements? Is it video? What types of things are they adding to their instructor bio and policies page? And um, how often are you utilizing the discussions? And what types of things are you um, saying in the discussions? And are you, you know, if you have instructor corners, are you utilizing those um, and are you supplementing the materials that are already in the course? And that really does, you know, make a difference, especially for instructor presence and engagement. But I I think that having the templated course makes sure, you know, all students are going to meet the same exact learning outcomes. We know that all the students who are leaving our degree programs have this foundational knowledge that will hold up in the field based on all of the research that you guys have done and all the um, experts that you have consulted. So yeah, I really, really like the way that you worded that. I think that's going to change the way that people look at teaching in the online modality. Yeah, if anything, at least from my perspective as an instructor, I appreciate the work the course developer has done. Because like I said, it helps me build upon that, you know, ensuring that the students, as you said so eloquently, they achieve the learning outcomes. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said about the template course for the student experience, like you had mentioned before. Every single course that they take within the Canvas LMS, most things are going to be in similar places. The announcements are in the same place. Usually the syllabus is going to be in the same place. Where to find the policies is in the same place. And that does make a big difference. As you mentioned, the cognitive load is not as great when they know exactly where to go to get the information term after term after term. How can faculty help promote and enhance consistency within the course? It's a good question. From my perspective, really is by not deviating from what was created by the course developer. You have to take 
a few steps back and understand how a course was created, what it looks like. I mean, the colleges, they, they go through a rigorous process to select the best or the most adequate faculty member to work as a course developer. And once selected and once they work with us, those uh, those team members, those faculty members, which I call colleagues because they are, it's a partnership. They put a lot of effort, a lot of work onto creating the course, whether it is the, the strategy behind it, the, the activities, the, the instruction materials. You'll be almost like a disservice to the student if any of those elements were re removed from a course. And I'm talking about the course, the, the course developers, or actually the instructors taking the online courses, because with the multimodality template, you have a larger degree of, or a larger or latitude really to modify the course. But for online, strictly online instructors, instead of removing elements of the course, try adding them. That will be a good way to preserve what was created by the course developer and uh, the instructional designer, which was done with so much care and use it as, like I said, as a springboard. Do not deviate from it, just add on to it. It's usually not a situation that we're not willing to listen to feedback either. All instructors are given that survey at the end of the term. So if there is a suggestion or a problem that they've encountered, they can definitely be open and honest about the troubles that they've had. And like I mentioned before, you guys are very open to considering all of that feedback in those kickoff meetings and making those necessary changes if need be. Correct. That's absolutely right. Feedback is, is perhaps one of the most, if not the most important element of any instructional design model. We want to make sure that whatever it's created, whatever it's designed actually works. And the only way to measure that or to assess that really is through feedback from, from the end users, whether the instructors or the students. And we do take feedback very proudly, let's say, mm -hmm. and eagerly from uh, course developers, from instructors, from students, because that's what's going to help us make the product better. So we don't, we don't encourage instructors to go rogue and start on publishing everything or deleting assignments, but yeah, definitely bring those things to our attention, but knowing and trusting that the course developers and these content experts have really taken a lot of time in choosing the right materials and the right delivery methods um, for their content. Right. And you have to look from the perspective, something that has happened a few times, at least that I've seen throughout the past 12 years is, um, Instructors, more often than not, they have some really, really good ideas. To me, that's a, almost like a natural step because they are using or what we're creating. If you just, like you said, if you just go rogue and then just do those, make those changes in, in your course, you're depriving the larger community, your peers, the other instructors teaching the same course that you are teaching from that great idea. So why not share that with the course developer who shares that with us? Or if you, even if you are an instructor that is a course developer in another course and you have direct contact with us, a direct working relationship, you can always contact us as well. So there are so many avenues that you can share your expertise, your great ideas with the larger community. So you have to look from that perspective as well. So is there anything else you'd like faculty members to know about IDD? Sure. First things first, everything that we create here, it's a result of a lot of work. All the instructional designers, the media producers, the digital media specialists, leadership within the team. We work very diligently with the colleges to create the best or the most instructionally sound course for our students. With that being said, though, we are not here resting our laurels. We, we are open to feedback. 
we are we in fact we want to hear more from instructors from course developers as to what's working what's not working in our course because they do have great ideas that benefits the entire um, campus the entire learning experience of our students as much pride as we take from designing our courses we do understand that this is not a one-man show it's it's a product it takes a village these days if you want to create a, an instructionally sound and exceptional online course it takes a work from several stakeholders it's the instructors they are a vital component of these this ecosystem that i'm talking about and we are always welcoming their feedback their inputs their opinion we want to hear more about their experience teaching the course because that's going to help us have a, a wider perspective of, of everything we do here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Well, thank you for allowing me to share some of what we do here day in and day out in the hopes that it would contribute to the success of our university. That's all we have for today. And thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you have any questions or even suggestions for topics you'd like to hear in the future, feel free to leave a comment below or send an email to rctle at erau.edu.